This episode of the Horse Feed UK has been brought to you by Super Cobb Apparel. They are the latest equestrian brand that's launched on Instagram. Check out their amazing designs today at Super Cobb Apparel. Hello, baby. To celebrate our 10th episode release, we've hooked up with Samantha Osborne, who's the guest host on today's show for an amazing interview with Emma, live from the Hong Kong Breeze Up Sales. We're super excited to have Sam on board and we're really pleased with this interview. This is a special bonus episode and your regular number 10 episode will also be released. This is a little thank you from the Horse Feed UK to all our amazing listeners to say thank you for sticking with us and getting us to episode 10. We're going to jump right in now with Samantha Osborne speaking to Emma. I wondered if you could just introduce yourself to begin with for our listeners. Hi, I'm Emma. I'm 24 and I'm originally from Yorkshire, but for the last five and a half years, I've been living in New Zealand. What I do is I ride racehorses, basically. I've ridden them at the races as a jockey. And what I've been doing for the last couple of years is traveling them back and forth from New Zealand to Hong Kong twice a year. So you're currently in Hong Kong now and you've just been there for the Hong Kong Breeze Up Sales. Could you explain to people who are perhaps not involved in the racing industry what the Breeze Up Sales are and a little bit about your trip and your journey and experience so far there? So a Breeze Up essentially is just a showcase of the horse. Um, The ones we bring are three years old and they've been preparing for this since they were yearlings. So... Our big finale day is on breeze up morning. We take them out, we canter round, and at the top of the straight, we go as fast as we can, (laughs) show them off, really. There'll be a lot of prospective owners and the trainers there who'll watch them, and it all gets videotaped, and then a week later, they go through a sale ring. So based on their performance at the breeze ups and on their breeding and how the trainers have watched them perform in their training for the four weeks that we're here depends on how much money they make and so the horses that you took this time um one of them made top sale is that right and and what did he end up going for he topped the sale he went for 7.2 million hong kong dollars which is basically 720,000 pounds i think insane (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so hopefully he'll be able to win that back compete for that amount of money and so what made him so special to go for that amount of money he had an exceptional breeding page and he was just a perfect specimen of a horse really he's really nicely put together and they get very very intensely vetted before they come here they do um, several vettings at home they get vetted twice here, every single x-ray and scandal on them you can think of. So he passed all that with flying colours and his breeze up was by far the best. It's really good prize money in Hong Kong, which is why um, the racing is so competitive over here. And I horses see. from all over the world will travel here and he just really stood out. And he's probably a natural athlete of a horse, really. So everything okay. anyone was looking for. 
And so what preparation did you have to do between the horse landing in Hong Kong and the day he breathed? That must have been sort of a lot of responsibility. You must have been under quite a bit of pressure and yeah. quite stressed about that. We brought 12 horses with us this time and they land. They landed in the middle of the night and they land and they come into a quarantine facility for two weeks. So that just means they're kept separate from the other horses in Hong Kong. We have a little special barn for us, but we still get to exercise them every day, obviously. All their temperatures are took and very intensely monitored because they can obviously be bringing disease with them and they don't obviously want that to get to any of the other horses. So once they've done two weeks and everything's clear, we move over to the main complex where all the other horses in Hong Kong are kept. We have another barn there. We do a week there. So we have a practice breeze on about the Wednesday so we can go take them out. We don't go very fast in that. We just give them a nice look around. This is what this is where you'll be in a couple of days, boys. A little practice <laughs> run. Make iron out any kinks and make sure we're happy with the pairings because they do it with a mate. So we breeze up in twos. Make sure everything's happy there. And then two day two, three days later they do their breeze up. So if you were trying to sort of put that into perspective for somebody who maybe hasn't galloped a racehorse before, what, what would we be talking <laughs> miles per hour? Are we, are we kind of thinking about 40 miles an hour here or faster? Yeah, probably slightly under that, but I think it's about that. And just to give people an idea of, of how fast you're going on these horses, are, are you breathing over about two furlongs yeah. or so, is it? And, and how quick per, sec, per furlong are they going? Per furlong's roughly 200 metres and we try to hit 10 seconds for the last furlong. Which must feel amazing. It must be such an adrenaline rush, such a buzz. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's um, definitely the best feeling and it makes all the work you've put into them worth it. You just try, try and enjoy it run while you're doing it because that's what you spent the last couple of years preparing them for. Of course, and such a privilege to sit on such expensive animals and, you know, you must feel great that people trust you to manage a team and such valuable horses and you know that that says a lot about your ability as well so that's a credit to you thank you <laughs> yeah um, I'm really lucky that I think anyone who works with horses will probably agree you're very lucky to have such a passion for what you do it doesn't really seem like a job more of a lifestyle isn't it Absolutely. And you talked about obviously the horse has been in quarantine, but I believe you were also in quarantine for two yeah. weeks as well. So could you talk us through how you found that? I know you were doing lots of press ups and pacing mm -hmm. up and down your hotel room to keep fit yeah. so that you could ride the horses to the best of your ability after the two weeks off. Yeah. So obviously we wouldn't have to do this most years, but with everything going on in the world, <laughs> we were actually meant to come in February and we've been delayed and delayed and finally got here six weeks ago when we flew over two weeks before the horses, whereas usually I'd go on the horse plane with them. So we came two weeks before them and we got fitted with a tracking device. It's quite strict in Hong Kong. They've only had about a thousand cases, which is incredibly good because there's about five million people that live here, I think. But because they're so strict, right. they've done so well with it. So understandably, they didn't want us bringing anything in. We arrived, we got fitted with a tracking device. They tested us. And we got locked up in separate rooms to each other. There's uh, myself and three staff came over with the horse, of course. But yeah, we were definitely ready for out. I was doing lots of walking up and down the room, um, you know, get the body moving. Yeah, like you said, I did a lot of press-ups and little ab workouts <laughs> to try and 
some squats because your muscles just waste so quickly when you're not doing anything and I think everyone knows when you stop riding for even a week or two weeks you get back on you a bit sore. What are your main aims for the future? So obviously you'll go back you'll go back into quarantine for two weeks and then life will kind of continue I guess in New Zealand with your day-to-day -day job. What have you got planned over the next year or so? So when we land back in New Zealand hopefully tomorrow all being well and um, we have another two weeks in isolation to do then I will probably go back to my normal day-to-day -day life which is my dad pre-trains some racehorses which means um, he's ready before they go into the trainers so they get broken in and they go to him or they just come into him for a bit of fitness work before the actual trainer. Be busy at the minute my normal day will start with him five six horses out for him depending on my time I'll go to my other job which is doing these horses we'll have to start prepping for the next sale which will be in February so and um, them horses will be coming back in and I'll do them until about lunchtime. If I was off, I go back and some stables with my dad. I have my own pony to do and even broken in. She's just been turned away while I've been here. So I'm looking forward to getting back. Another horse coming to be in the sale, but he like that a lot to doing my own now. Just as a hobby now, but uh, come to me and we're going to have a crack at him being a show horse. So got lots to look forward to when I get back. Can't wait to get stuck into it. Yeah. So exciting. And obviously you have a little bit of sort of showing experience in the UK as well. Um, maybe you could do a little bit of a shout out now for some of the people that you've ridden for and some of the families that you've worked with in the UK showing world as well. Yeah, uh, probably mainly um, with Leona Sanders um, just outside Newmarket. Her and her daughter Darcy, they've always got beautiful ponies and semi-adopted me and um, I went... <laughs> Moved in with them for a couple of summers in between uh, my school holidays. Um, I do a lot of travelling to the shows with them. and I worked at Pearl Underwoods one summer as well. Your horse will do probably a lot more classes. They probably put them in more classes. You don't just have to be or you don't just have to do this on it. You can, you know, classes. And I think the shows are a lot more affordable as well. The shows like in New Zealand... Um, because I think they are quite big, big into their showing, aren't they? Yes, it was so confusing when I first went over because the classes are different names. Like, Hunter is jumping, whereas you don't see a jump in a show hunter class in English. Definitely not. And I was like, <laughs> so confused. But, um, yeah, it's, I think it's a little bit more laid back. And, yeah, there's quite a lot of travel involved still, like I guess there is in the UK as well. The rosette colours are, are a different order over there as well. Yeah, um, sometimes. Um, I love matches. Um, like, you can get a sash down to sixth place and um, some ribbons. <laughs> Very American. Yeah. Um, yeah, the prizes are really good. You always get a massive garland if you go champion. And um, quite good cash prizes if you, like, do win. But quite reward. Like, it's a bit more financially rewarding. But in the UK, you're not always making your money back, even if you do win. <laughs> Did you know the Horsefeed UK podcast now has a website? It's thehorsefeeduk.co.uk. Here you can listen to every episode for free and catch up on what's going on with the show guests. You can also enter our brand ambassador search and our cover star competition. 
like and subscribe to stay up to date and keep in touch with us. Check it out today online at thehorsefeeduk.co.uk. Especially um, doing the sort of riding that you're doing, it requires so much strength. And I know your partner, do you want to ride a fitness that he does to ride in England? Yeah, so my partner's a jockey in Northern England and he's incredibly fit, like way fitter than me. <laughs> five ten and a half i think five ten five eleven and he okay he ride at eight stone seven with a saddle yeah a normal day for him will be getting up taking the dog for a walk a few horses out and gym for an hour and a half or going for a run or a bike ride and then going to the races or even going to the race um going to the gym or when he gets back on a night and yeah he's so disciplined to be so so dedicated yeah. and he is so passionate about his career, isn't he? He works very, very hard. Yeah, definitely. And obviously you had said that you have ridden as a jockey as well. So do you want to maybe talk through some of your achievements or most memorable rides and maybe sort of give a little bit of insight to our listeners of what it's like to be a jockey, especially for those younger listeners who are potentially considering that as a career or they already ride out on yards and want to maybe take the next step? Um, so I rode as an apprentice jockey in New Zealand for two seasons. I had 60 rides for six wins and probably my best day in the saddle. I had a double that day and it was on a horse that I'd done a lot of work with which probably made it a bit more rewarding. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah I'd say for anyone looking to do anything with racehorses would be to check out the British Racing School. For any level of rider or um, go and check out the British Racing School cause they have so much information and taster days and I think courses even for people who had never ridden a horse before riding racehorses they're all in the UK um, and as a child you did some pony racing and I think your sister did as well is that right? Yeah both me and my sister um, were lucky enough to have a go at pony racing when I was younger and um, both my parents um, come from a racing background and worked in racing um, that's always been on the telly in our house and um you know they've always worked with racehorses so um we always wanted to be jockeys and things so as soon as we're definitely is in your blood then <laughs> yeah as soon as um we were old enough and able to go pony racing we we um gave it a crack and it was great fun yeah it was really cool and am I right to think that you still have your racing pony? Yeah. She has a home for life with you. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and she made the trip to New Zealand yeah. as well. Um, I think everyone has that horse or pony of a lifetime and she was definitely ours. Um, she took us all over the country and had like such good days out with her, just even as a family, like it was something we all did. And um, then my sister got her after me. So when my um, parents moved to New Zealand, my Mum said she wouldn't go without taking the pony with us. And um, she was turning 20, which is when you have to retire from pony racing. Um, so um, she's living out her retirement in the paddocks at home. Um, she's loving it. She's 25 now. And um, yeah, she Less has a great life. She keeps all the young horses in check. <laughs> she's still. And what breeding is she? She's a Welsh um crossed with a thoroughbred and she's only 13 too little pocket rocket oh yeah <laughs> she's so fast <laughs> yeah but most of the 
And how many oh, wins did she have? Sorry. How many wins did she have? Um, she won over 50 races. Not all with us. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we're um, fortunate to get her after um, her previous jockey got too old and he'd been super successful with her. And, um, right. Yeah. Um, no, she's definitely one of an, one in a million. So she deserves a retirement getting well looked after in the sun. Of course, definitely. And how would you advise people to get into pony racing or find out more about that? Um, the racing schools, they, I think it's the British Racing School, actually have some ponies that you can go and use if you don't have your own pony. Um, but they do um, pony racing camps and um, you know training days that you can take your pony down to or have a go at. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're making it a lot more accessible for people to get into now, even if you're not from a racing or horsey background. Um, all the tools are there. Yeah, that's it. I'd have absolutely loved to have done that, but I didn't even know it existed when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that would be that would be really good for young people to get into. Yeah, and even if you don't want to be a jockey, it's such good fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, who would you say your biggest inspirations are in the horse world? Any particular jockeys or um, sort of riders that you follow? Um probably a bit cringy but have to say my dad um <laughs> yeah I get to work and work with him every day and ride out with him and he's really exceptional horseman so I try and learn as much as I can of him um jockey wise I love Sylvester D'Souza he's um really really strong rider and absolute gentleman so um I'd have to say him and recently just last week in Hong Kong um, an Australian trainer called David Hayes I've always followed him since I was about 12 years old and he actually came and looked at our right. horses so it was a bit of a fangirl moment <laughs> <laughs> um, Starstruck. yeah just people who have really worked hard and built things up from um, not necessarily starting with a lot or um, you know they've worked just worked hard and built their business up and I think horses are a great leveller um, if, you've, if you're determined and you work hard and obviously you're talented, you can, um, you can get to the top with horses, which is really nice, I think. And what would you say um, has been maybe, have you had any setbacks or any injuries, things that you found difficult within racing? Uh, touch wood, I've been really lucky on the injury front. I broke my hand and a few minor, like broke my foot, broke my nose. Um, but nothing's put me out too long so far. Um, really lucky like that. But um, I'd say um, in racing, there's the, it's a very male-dominated sport. Um, and you can often be not shouted down on purpose, but um, you're not always the loudest person in the room being a five foot two and a girl. <laughs> so it's a bit <laughs> hard to uh, stand up for yourself sometimes or... Um, um yeah it's very male dominated but it's definitely getting better there's some really good ambassadors um out there for female riders now but um i think it's still a little bit biased and um we definitely need more girls um to absolutely to top level. and the girls that are riding do it too. that some of them are amazing i'm, I'm just a huge fan of holly doyle mm. i think she is 
Yes. She's some pilot. Definitely. I agree with you. And so perhaps you could tell us something that might sh shock our listeners a little bit. Um, you get up sometimes at 3 a.m. Yep. to work horses in New Zealand. <laughs> yep. Um, and sometimes you ride about 15 a day. I think my record that I've ridden today is something like 24 or 25. Um, but, yeah, I get up at, if I'm feeding on a morning, I'll get up at 3 o'clock and be on the yard at 3.30. And um, keep going till about lunchtime, which... Is then nap time. I love a nana nap on lunchtime. Otherwise, very <laughs> grumpy by about seven o'clock. Um, yeah, Understandably. The track opens at 4.30 on the morning. So we like to be out there ready for that. And it's actually really nice. I, I do enjoy it. Um, you know, you, even if you're not having a great morning and the sunrise comes up and you're out there riding these um, great racehorses, just think wow like you're actually so lucky to be doing this you can't complain absolutely and is, is it the reason that you get up so early is to I guess avoid midday heat yeah um partially and a lot of the time so people can get to the races so the races will start at lunchtime so the jockeys and the trainers they'll need to have the horses worked um and the staff to take them to get themselves to the races of course, I see. Who would you say is your favourite sire? Oh, um, okay. Probably in the Southern Hemisphere, I'm Invincible, um, which actually the horse who topped the sale recently is actually by him. They've just got the best out, yep. which probably helps, um, helps them a lot, especially in Hong Kong. And in... You'd have to go Galileo, wouldn't you, in the north? <laughs> He's just an icon. Probably, yeah. yes. Very popular. Yeah. <laughs> and so which race course do you like the best in the UK? Or if you were to advise for somebody to go for a day out at the races for the first time, which are your favourite tracks or favourite meets to attend? I love York, especially the Ebor meeting. Um, been going there a lot since I was little. It's on our doorstep in Yorkshire. Um, and... Um, I went to Goodwood for the first time last year for the festival and that was really cool. Um, it just had a great atmosphere, like there was lots of little bars, it was, um, you could see so much, like you could see the parade ring and the race course with just a short walk and um, even if you're not mad into racing it's so worth like going just for getting dressed up and the champagne and have a really nice day out. <laughs> <laughs> and so racing at the moment in the UK has been I guess, held behind closed doors, so there's no crowd. Um, how else has the racing industry been affected by coronavirus? Um, so, yeah, like you say, at the minute, um, no one is allowed to go apart from the essentials, your jockeys, your trainers, your stable staff. So I think they're opening up to owners again soon. Um, I think, mo luckily, most places in England have managed to keep training with strict guidelines. But um, in New Zealand, they we went into lockdown for four weeks. And because our, where we train the horses is a public training track, that had to close as well. So all the horses had to go to the paddock for four weeks. So um, when that eased, we had a few weeks to get them going and fit again before racing could resume in New Zealand. But um, everything's pretty much back to normal there now. And everyone's back. All the public are allowed back now and everything. So that's lucky. But a lot of the horse sales um, have been meaning to be are meant to be going on in the southern hemisphere 
they've had to be held online, which is a good way of getting around it. Having usually the people traveling from all over the country, from Australia coming over for it. So at least they managed to go ahead with it. But it was definitely new challenges for people to work around. Definitely. And where do you see yourself being in the next uh, five to ten years' time? What are your aims for the future? Um, I'd like to keep doing this trip for another couple of years. Um, I really enjoy it. I've been here six times now in Hong Kong. And, and we've got some really exciting horses at home coming through to bring. So I'd like to take bring, bring these over. And then I'd really like to um, go to Australia. I love the racing there. I love Melbourne. I've been over a few times. Um, to watch racing and visit friends and things so I think one day I'll probably end up going and working there and seeing what that's all about. You're so lucky I guess within this career that you can be quite well travelled mm. there's there's lots to offer um, in that respect for young people isn't there? Yeah when I first left school I was like oh I'll, I'll probably do horses for a year and then go and get a proper job and <laughs> I mm -hmm. never thought like all oh, <laughs> this was even out there that you can literally travel the world like you know the last few years I've been doing summers in New Zealand and then um coming to Hong Kong and then coming back to England and doing the summer there so I've not seen a winter for the last two and a half years <laughs> um just because nice. yeah just because wherever you go in this industry you can you know find a job and um it's really interesting as well learning the different ways people do things um the differences and riding different types of horses so it's been um, educational as well as pretty fun. Definitely. And if you were to say to somebody your three best tips, three best bits of advice that you've learned along the way when you've been educated, as you say, mm -hmm. what, what would you like to pass on? Maybe what are the best bits of advice you could offer? I think... Um, this is on the spot. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think um, definitely what I found is if you show like that you want to learn and show a real keen interest that older members of staff are going to take you under their wing, like people want to help you and they want you to learn and get better. If you go in there with a, I know it all already attitude, um, they're not going to help you out at all. And they've got so much wealth of experience um, to pass on. If you show an interest, they're going to want to help you. So go in with a good attitude Um, hold your next strap. <laughs> yes. The next strap. Yeah. Um, thoroughbreds, not the most predictable of animals, even if you think, um, you know, you think you know this horse or whatever, or I always like to keep a finger in and pretty much everybody I know does as well. And don't get up late yep. for work. It's very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, always I can imagine it's not it fair is. on the other staff. Yeah. Good advice. So thank you so much for all the information you shared today. It's been so interesting and you are such a talented rider and so modest. And, you know, it's. I think this will be really interesting to people, I guess, who are, are not in the racing industry to learn a little bit more yeah. about what's on offer. And I guess just open their eyes yeah. really to that. It, it is so interesting. I'm always in awe of the things that you managed to achieve and obviously still being quite young, but you've been doing this for a lot of years as well. The fact that you even get get on these long haul flights yourself and, and off you go and like I say, just constantly traveling around the world, I guess. Yeah. It's, it really is inspiring, um, no. really impressive. It's a good lifestyle, I'd recommend it to anybody. And it's like you say, it's not everybody hears about it if you don't have a family connection or you maybe 
yeah, haven't watched the race as much, but there's a whole, it's a massive industry, so there's plenty of jobs out there, um, even just on a morning to go and ride out somewhere, it's um, really cool. Of course, and so if people wanted to follow your progress, your trips, where is the best place for them to find you? Are you on Instagram? Yes, I'm on Instagram. It's at little Emma Smith. Um, get a lot of horse spam on there, and um, just for <laughs> our trip, yeah. So that's probably the best place. Fantastic. And would you like to give anybody a shout out finally? Um. I'd tell everyone to go and follow the British Racing School for people looking to get into it, maybe give them a little shout out, but um, yeah, I think that's it really. Super, well thank you very much for agreeing to be interviewed today, we're very lucky to have you for a rider interview, it's been a pleasure speaking to you and safe trip home, I hope your two weeks in quarantine at the other end back in New Zealand is slightly less painful, no press ups hopefully this time, yeah, um, maybe just... <laughs> Yeah, treat yourself to some Netflix and yeah. sleep time to catch up on all the air miles, I guess. Yeah, I think we need it now. Definitely. And a glass of wine, <laughs> or maybe a bottle. <laughs> well, well done. Obviously, fantastic results with your Hong Kong breeze up. So I hope your boss is really happy with you. Um, amazing work. And obviously, it's, it's paid off. So that's fantastic. Um, and you can now get get back to New Zealand, work away hard for next year and hopefully have as much success this time next year. Thank you very much. Hello, baby. We hope you enjoyed the special 10th episode bonus edition with guest host Samantha Osborne there. If you want to find out any more details, Sam was a guest on episode 9 of the show and she also has a page on our website with direct links to her own blog and Instagram. Don't forget to check out episode 10 proper, which has got Dressage Sisters, Super Cobbock Apparel and Kate from Keep It Country. That's on our 10th edition episode special. Stay tuned for more and of course head over to the website to check out our brand ambassador search. As always, we always want to know what you're getting up to on social media, so don't forget to drop us a line. Let Sam know what you think of the interview, give her a like and a follow on Instagram, and we'll see you all soon. Until next time, stay safe. <laughs>